Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. The new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Games from the Virginia Lottery are here. The Scratcher gives you the chance to win up to $100,000. The online game gives you the chance to win up to $1 million. For more information, visit VALottery.com. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. <laughs> it's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here with Travis Morningstar. Yes, here in Berlin. Willkommen. Uh, a day after what appears to be Comic-Con for white men with dreads. <laughs> So we had, we honestly, we are going to kind of chill out this episode because full disclosure, all both of our brains are like, how would you say not on kind of turned off sort of Berlin out. Uh, we've had a great time uh, finishing up our European tour. Uh, Travis and I have been uh, out and about doing our own things. But yes. yesterday here in beautiful Berlin, there was the climate change march we, protest. Yeah. And of course, this was all over the world. Yeah. And it was in like uh, 150 cities. Cool. Uh, we had I think Berlin was one of the largest, though. And we could and it was incredible. Berlin, honestly, literally. I have never seen a, I guess, protest, but it truly was a rave. Yeah. Because they were like raving to save the planet. And I was like, I don't know if that's Absolutely. how you do it, it, but okay. It looked like a <laughs> bunch of people from the cast of The Matrix raving yeah. to uh, remixes of John Lennon songs. It was really quite amazing. It was amazing. And it was it was very strange to see. So they had a sort of down in this, uh, the banking district, they had a big protest. And you could see the same thing happening with Occupy, which was yeah. p- bankers in suits coming out onto their balconies and looking down smugly grimly at the protesters below it's well, very you know, very it was very like oh uh, i've been here before this everybody is- wants to be a vita for yeah. one day yeah you can be a vita now of course my <laughs> cynical brain uh as i'm walking after the protest my cynical brain was the streets were littered with trash like yeah. there was more plastic cups than i've seen in my entire european tour so far but at the same time uh, that aside, which you know was kind of just more comical and kind of ironic, I think it was good that people came together. I love it, and um, I think some people were more focused than others because I had I got ran up to by a couple of fans, all of them totally hammered, and they were just like bad, bad. I was like, "What up, bro?" And I was like, "Are we saving? We're saving the planet?" And he's like, "Yeah, we're doing it." And I was like, "I think we're just getting drunk, but that's okay." There's it was a, a lot there, of fun. Uh, this protest in particular, a lot of children were out. A lot of like goth German children here in Berlin who had signs that basically uh, translated to like, uh, you can't kill me, only I can kill me. Yeah, I did see one sign where it's like, I want to die. doesn't mean the planet wants exactly, to die. Yeah. And I was like, this is I, a very I nice emo the, protest. Yeah. the dark, grim <laughs> children's well, perspective. Marcus and Carolina and I had a chance to go out to a rock show last night in Berlin. Beautiful little dive venue, literally about us and 15 other yeah. people. It was so goth. Everyone was wearing black. And I was like, this is the best, dude. I love, honestly, if you are out there and you're like, I wonder what Berlin is like. Should I go? Should I not? Come to Berlin. Yes. This place has lived up to the hype and then some. I'm like so impressed. It's beautiful. It's historic. 
And uh, the people are like super dope, except for one taxi driver I had who was like, you don't speak English? No, he's like, you don't speak German? I was like, nope, I'm sorry. He's like, well, I don't speak English very well. But the way that he was yelling at me proved that he did speak English very well, but he refused to talk to me because I didn't speak German. But I also understand because we are in their country and I should probably know more than one Absolutely. language because everyone here knows about 12. Uh, first, first night I got here, I took a walk around midnight, went to Checkpoint Charlie. Uh, saw some of the stuff around there. And then cool, uh, right. I, as I was walking past one of the signs in Checkpoint Charlie, I heard a, uh, a man raspily breathing. And I yeah. looked to my left. It was an old, a very, very old German man with a cane and a breathing tank in an alleyway, a darkened <laughs> alleyway. And he, he rasped out to me the words, uh, hello, meine Liebe. What does that mean? Uh, hello, my dear. Oh, you could have had sex with him. Now this was this was like twelve thirty one in the morning. Though. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Hello, my dear, indeed. It was great. Uh, well, I will say also on a more serious note, when it comes to Berlin, did you have a chance to check out the uh, Holocaust uh, Memorial? Yes, the one with the bricks. Powerful. Yeah. The, yes, so with the, good. Sort of the, 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 the decline, right? Yeah. yeah, it has the decline. It's full of, um, I guess, cubes, right? Sort of concrete cubes. Yes. And it really is a powerful artistic uh, interpretation of the rise of fascism. Yeah. You start on the outside and you're bigger than the bricks, you're taller than the bricks, and you're like, okay, you know, this isn't so bad. And then by the time you get into the middle of it, these um, pillars have become about 12 feet tall and you realize you're in the mix. You're, you're in the midst of fascism yes. now. And it's much bigger than you and it's something you can't control. So if you do have a chance to come to Berlin, check that out. It's not, you don't have to go to a museum or anything and they have great museums here as well. But literally, it's just right over here. We're staying at the, um, where are we at here? Potsdamer Plots. Yes, so you hang out, uh, hang out around here and check that out. You will absolutely love it. All right, well, let's get to some news. Obviously, there's been a lot going on with foreign policy. Uh, the Iranians have taken, I want to say credit, because they're quite proud of this attack, on Saudi oil supplies. They've, uh, they launched a series of missiles. Uh, many of these were drone strikes as well. Uh, obviously, the Saudis and the Iranians are in a proxy war now in Yemen. They yes. have been in a long time. The Houthis, obviously, uh, against the Saudi Arabians. And um, we are now seeing a time where Donald Trump is being tested on a foreign policy level that he has not been tested yet on. And this comes amidst Benjamin Netanyahu. He was just ousted as uh, Israel prime minister. Yes. Um, which is huge because, of course, that was one of Donald Trump's major allies in the region. And, of course, as soon as Netanyahu got out of power, Donald Trump epstein him. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. We were kind of friends. We, I don't know. I, I have no idea. He's okay. He's like my son. Wait, my son? Did I say Melania's son, Baron? Um, they, they, he distanced himself immediately, he right? He got his, his BB tattoo removed. Yes, he had it all scanned out, and now he's replacing it. Uh, with the fellow that won over there in Israel, although I don't believe that this man is going to be quite as pro-Trump as Netanyahu was. But then again, it is Israel. And the one thing that is fairly certain in this world is Israel and the United States will always be allies when it comes to Middle East uh, politics and diplomacy. So now we have the situation where the Iranians are in a uh, not just a proxy war with the Saudis. It seems as if they want to ratchet up uh, the tensions. Now, obviously, we have the Trump administration just ousting John Bolton. Trump's new national security uh, advisor is a dude named Robert O'Brien. Uh, Robert O'Brien was announced on Twitter, of course, by Donald Trump. This is the tweet from Donald Trump. He says, I'm pleased to announce that I will name Robert C. O'Brien currently serving as the very successful special presidential envoy for hostage affairs at the State Department as our new 
new national security advisor. I have worked long and hard with Robert. You will do a great job. When I think of Trump, all I want to think about is the words long and hard. O'Brien joined the administration in May of 2018 and again serves as the special presidential envoy for hostage affairs at the State Department. Uh, He served under Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, and he led the U.S. government's diplomatic efforts on overseas hostage-related matters, working closely with families of American hostages. Obviously, that brings to mind Otto Warmbier, the man who was tortured by the North Koreans, by a man who Donald Trump claims to be a very, very close friend, that, of course, Kim Jong-un. So we have Bolton gone, who was extremely hawkish. This is one of those strange times where where I just happened to agree with Donald Trump because John Bolton is a psychopath. He literally wants to eliminate the United Nations. <laughs> like, And he was like, are you UN guy? And literally, when he was working under George W. Bush, he's like, I think we should just get rid of the UN. Um, so this guy was, he, he's never saw a war he didn't want to get involved in. He's been wanting to overthrow the Iranian regime for a long time. As we know, when the United States overthrows regimes, um, it doesn't tend to have the best outcome. Yeah, there's that Onion article where uh, John, Bol- John Bolton stumbles into Congress bleeding, claiming that Iran shot him. Uh, I believe but, it. But the thing is, like, Trump apparently uh, and Bolton are aligned on this because w- as soon as that oil tanker was hit in Saudi Arabia, Trump came to the defense immediately on Twitter saying, Saudi Arabia oil supply was attacked. Mm-hmm. There's reason to believe that we know the culprit are locked and loaded, yes. depending on verification, but are waiting to hear from the kingdom as to who they believe was the cause of this attack and under what terms we could proceed. So is he going to believe them the way that he believed them when they said they didn't kill Khashoggi? This guy, yeah, this is the country that butchered a U.S. journalist. This and is the country is that did 9-11. We forget <laughs> yeah, about right. this all the time. 17 of the 19, 19 hijackers, and I know you all probably already know this, so we're just kind of repeating the things you know here. But 17 of the 19 hijackers were Saudi, and we're like, I think it was the Afghanis. What are we doing well, here? Well, and you need to know 9-11 because then it gives you reference point for the fact that this is Saudi Arabia's 9-11. Which is That's what they said. Their, their uh, oil tankers being hit. That's their 9-11. They but literally compared it to 9-11. It's insane, 9/11, that, it's insane so that people are not losing their minds uh, at Donald Trump's reaction to this, which is to totally go in and and just sort of and now he's announced that he's actually sending troops to uh, to Saudi Arabia to sort of uh, he's deploying troops there. You know, this is one of those interesting situations when it comes to this Republican administration. Any other Republican president goes to war and I believe it helps them. With Donald Trump, he's a isolationist and this is actually one of the areas that I I don't hate uh, his foreign policy. When it comes to not being interventionalist. Now, however, of course, uh, not being interventionalist, non-action is also action. And we see what's going on now regarding ISIS. And obviously, uh, the ISIS leader has come back into the fold. ISIS overall has been fairly uh, brutalized and yeah. destroyed. Uh, the caliphate in Syria didn't work out for them. so But they're still around. It's an ideology, and that ideology can uh, spark anytime. You can spark that uh, fire anytime. But when it comes to Donald Trump, I think if he does decide to put ground troops in the Middle East, whether it be, you know, obviously we already have folks in Yemen. I know we already have people in Afghanistan. This war is almost old enough to drink and almost old, old enough to vote. It'll be 18 years old um, next year. Obviously, you got three more years before it can have a beer. But nonetheless, if he does do that, 
I actually think with the Trump administration, with his 88% approval rating within the Republican Party, I think you would see his approval rating go down with a base of support that does not want to be involved in Middle East foreign policy. Yeah, I think they're depending on him consolidating power in, at home and, but, and not sort of uh, exerting himself too much. And he's just a, he's a perfect stooge for allowing them to do their own uh, to do their own stuff in in the country itself. Um, but like in, in it's crazy that in 2009, Barack Obama was at the G20 summit. Right. He, he slightly lowered his he, he he sort of angled himself in front of the Saudi Arabia leader at the time. Oh, people freaked out. And it became it became the the second beige suit controversy. Yes, people were like he's selling out America. Oh yeah. This is this is that was during his uh, so-called apology tour. And of course, Obama made a lot of mistakes. We're not going to sit here and defend Obama and everything he did. But I will say this: hypocrisy alert. It is unbelievable that Republicans are now just saying, uh, hey, you know what? Yes, sure, Donald Trump is kowtowing to every single dictator in the world, but at least he's our guy. We will avenge those oil tankers we to will. the very last American life. We really will. And of course, that was not just an attack on Saudi Arabia. That was an attack on the global system as a whole. Uh, oil prices absolutely surged. Um, obviously, supply and demand was greatly affected. Saudi Arabia creates so much oil. It is unbelievable. There's a great exhibit, and it shows how much uh, oil is made every five seconds in Saudi Arabia. And it is just this huge, huge tanker. And you just see the oil flush down, and that's every five seconds. So it really was an attack on the global markets, which I think was on purpose, obviously. Right. The Iranian regime right now, it's angered both its urban more liberal voters and it's angered it's more rural conservative voters obviously urban people are upset with the um, domestic policy the religious policies the unbelievable theocracy and um, the bigoted views of the regime and rural people are upset because they're not getting food and uh, you know we always say we're about five meals away from a damn revolution and iran is currently struggling because of course the trump regime has or the trump administration has implemented a very very strict set of sanctions but now we're thinking about something when it comes to the tore up iran deal was it perfect no it was not perfect and i think that it could have been changed from within but when you get rid of the iran deal that was the only thing pacifying the regime in iran and it was the only thing keeping them from acting out in the exact way that they just acted out against the Saudis. So if Donald Trump does win in 2020, which, hey, man, anything is freaking possible, although Elizabeth Warren is doing great, and I'm very, very impressed with her right now. Um, and I think we have a, a lot of hope in Elizabeth Warren. I really believe so. But if he would, guaranteed we're going to have a foreign policy crisis that is going to be way, way over his hair. He could not, because he does not know it, he does not trust the military advisors. Now, again, we're not a hawkish podcast, and military advisors, they're a little too trigger-happy for my liking. Yeah. Um, but he does not take into account large-scale, um, he, he's almost childish in the way that he does not think of uh, ramifications to actions, right? He just spits from the hip, he just does things flippantly, and then he deals with the reactions later. Now, when you're doing that, when it comes to verbiage, when it comes to tweeting something stupid, okay, you have, you have to deal with it on a human level, but when you do that, when it comes to foreign policy, you could lead us into a catastrophe in the Middle East, and we could end up in another 
forever war. Yeah, he's treating foreign policy the same way like uh, the characters in Three's Company would, uh, you know, mount a uh, an escalating uh, comedy of of manners. Like there's, the, he's yep. just sort of like just going along with the flow until it all blows up in his face, which it right. eventually will. And of course, I mean, both literally and figuratively, perhaps. And again, if Donald Trump, if this administration does decide to take actual military action against the Iranians, I think it would hurt him in the polls. Uh, and as we saw, he's been very dovish. He's been very cautious to do that, even when the Iranians attacked a U.S. naval vessel. So he has not, up to this point, been willing to even discuss the idea of potentially taking on the Iranian regime militarily. But now, as Travis alluded to in this tweet, which it's Twitter, take it for what it is. And again, I mentioned this on Abe Lincoln's top, or I mentioned this on last podcast on the left. If you want, there is no greater analogy for modern times than Abraham Lincoln is in the NCAA Wrestling (laughs) Hall of Fame and Donald Trump is in the WWE Wrestling (laughs) Hall of Fame. So everything that he says is superficial and false and fake in so many ways. But if he would decide to go in and do something militarily in Iran, uh, I just feel like this would uh, obviously destabilize a region that is already immensely destabilized, and I think it would hurt uh, the United States, and I think it would hurt uh, Donald Trump and his administration. And at this point, um, I'm just not quite sure if we're going to continue this proxy war in Yemen, which for all intents and purposes is Saudi Arabia's uh, Vietnam. There is no winning in Yemen. No. Children are dying. I mean, it really is a humanitarian crisis that American media does not cover whatsoever because they want to keep us on Shane Gillis or some other crappy story that doesn't fucking matter. They, we don't talk about real things in America. It's unbelievable when you go overseas and you see their actual news. Now, granted, of course, it also has bias, but they do show you much more stuff, especially when it comes to foreign policy. In America, you ask people about Yemen, they would be like, oh, I don't know, but does it have good falafel? They wouldn't even know that it's a civil war going on, which is a proxy war. So it's a situation that we have right now where perhaps that just heightens and perhaps this is now going to be um, perhaps now ISIS that is now disbanded and more erratic, which is actually more dangerous in some ways. Perhaps uh, they are now feeling more emboldened to just go mess things up, create chaos, and see if we can't get the United States sucked into another foreign war. Well, yeah, and I think you're right that we're so far removed as a society, the American people, from what exactly is happening overseas with, so much. with our soldiers. Oh, yeah. So it does not, I mean, it, it's incredible to me to think of us deploying troops on behalf of Saudi Arabia in this this quagmire exactly. that Saudi Arabia has. But it could so easily happen. It could so easily happen that people, that a, a father is sent overseas mm-hmm. and uh, shot in a not, not only our oil war, mm-hmm. but <laughs> like an oil war on some other country's behalf, the country that then also did 9-11. Exactly. And Ben Saman, they pretend as if he's some reformer and he simply is not. The leadership of Saudi Arabia is just as theocratic as it has ever been. And it will continue to be because the nations of the world will do anything they want because they got the goods. They got that black gold. But they speak- got oil. 
What's up dudes? Before the European leg of our tour, I was on the hunt for a good pair of wireless earbuds. I needed something that would last through long flights, but I didn't want to drop hundreds of dollars on a pair. I'm glad I checked out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. The company was co-founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Brandy, Melissa Etheridge, and Cardi B are already obsessed. Raycon's E50 wireless earbuds have totally changed the game for me. They're so comfortable and so easy to take anywhere. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great, they sound great too. I love my Raycon wireless earbuds. You know me, I like to listen to my old country music, my old outlaws like Waylon Jennings, and they have never sounded better than when I listen with my Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon offers their wireless earbuds for everyone in a range of fun colors and at an unbeatable price. Go to buyraycon.com slash top hat to get 15% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash top hat for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com slash top hat. But speaking of uh, the possibility of Elizabeth Warren being the, the president in 2020, uh, of course, I, it seems like Trump does not think that. He is actually, he's very sure that his 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 person that he's up against is Joe Biden because apparently I think he wants it to be Joe he, Biden that's well, for damn sure. It, well, he's definitely doing his best to dismantle Biden's campaign because he uh he recently got it was revealed that that uh Trump was trying to press the uh the Ukrainians. Okay, so this is a story. Now this story, it's been everywhere. It's a whistleblower in the White House. Yes. And it and it's not Amarosa. So don't stress it. It's not Amarosa this time. So this White House whistleblower Evidently, he or she, I don't know, uh, went to Congress and was like, I have proof that Donald Trump, his administration, was speaking with the Ukrainians trying to get dirt on Joe Biden's son. And I'm sitting here thinking, and a lot of folks were like, this is it. This is the impeachable offense. He did this in public yeah. in 2015 and 2016. He yeah. literally stood at a podium and asked the Russians to get dirt on Hillary. So I, for me, maybe I'm just like so like calloused at this point to what this administration and what donald trump is but i'm like uh yeah this isn't that big of news this is the one i yeah. mean it should be big news this is the one where, where we're like i think we owe richard nixon an apology <laughs> I think we honestly nixon is just like i can't believe i got impeached for this shit it was a goddamn it was a fucking hotel um no but it is interesting so we'll see what happens with this so-called whistleblower and I do not put it past Donald Trump to ask the leadership of Ukraine uh, to find out information on Joe Biden's son. Again, he did it in public. It's the least shocking whistleblow of all time. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, I don't know why. Uh, I think, you know, people are always just looking. They're st we're still looking. A lot of folks are still looking for that hope where yeah. they're like, it'll end one way or another. And it's like, I don't know if this is going to do it. But nonetheless, that's a great point, Travis. When it comes to the Republican Party, obviously in 2000, I believe it was 2011, maybe 2012, right before the election uh, with Barack Obama and Mitt Romney, obviously Obama was sitting down with Menendez, uh -huh. the president of Russia, who was, of course, not properly elected and was just a rubber stamp for Putin before he took over the position once again. But of course, uh, Barack Obama had a hot mic moment where he mentioned how after the election, he'll have more ability to negotiate with Russia. 
And if you would have watched Fox News at that moment, you would have thought that Barack Obama committed treason and that the man was going to be incarcerated and he was going to be kicked out of being president of the United States and was going to end up in the stocks as people throw tomatoes at his face. And now the right is defending a president who is so in bed with, uh, with Ukraine and with the Russians that it is not even a scandal anymore. It's really, that, that was the thing with the whistleblower. It's like, literally, I was like, okay, whistleblower, interesting. And then it came out, oh, he's speaking with Ukraine about Joe Biden's son. I'm like, did you think anything else was happening? It's so, it's so. It's so, but that's like, that is the least shocking revelation I have heard about this administration. I would be more stunned if I heard Donald Trump ate his salad. Yes. Like, legitimately, I'd be like, oh, that's out of character. Speaking to Ukraine about trying to get dirt on a political opponent. This is what this man does. But and also he sent Rudy Giuliani. Of course he did. <laughs> yeah, this. he's going through a divorce. Be sensitive he with sent Rudy. Fredo across the Good ocean. God yes, he's going to negotiate. <laughs> Batman. Not he. Honestly, he looks like Bat Boy all grown up. Uh, <laughs> he does, yeah, he yeah, always yeah, has. Exactly. I've always yeah, been yeah. like he's Bat Boy, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't. When, once Rudy Giuliani, once he gets the call, you know that things are fucked. Once, once it's like throw in Giuliani, it's never good. Like things aren't going great when Giuliani gets yeah. called up to the big leagues to go do Send something. Send in the wild card. Oh my god. So anyway, there is a lot going on with foreign policy, and obviously, do your research. We're just kind of touching on it here. Uh, it is so complex. The Middle East is so unbelievably complex. Uh, the religious angle of it, the economic angles of it, the history of it, it is not going to be solved overnight. And that is why it is important to have leadership that weighs consequences, understands the uh, actions they're about to take, and understands the ramifications of those actions so we don't find ourselves in another war. Uh, that could potentially last for an entire generation. Because as of next year, we're going to be sending boys and girls over to Afghanistan that were not alive during 9-11. Absolutely. It's amazing that this thing is still happening. So anyway, um, also we have a small correction. Uh, Rick, uh, we mentioned uh, we were talking about the EPA and there, I did actually get a couple of great emails on the EPA and some of the repealing of Obama's regulations that I'm actually going to go into next week. Because the Obama regulations, uh, there were some things in there that were a little bit nefarious. Um, so I will talk about that. But uh, overall, I don't believe it was as bad as what Donald Trump is doing now. Again, we're kind of dealing with the lesser of two evils, but that's American politics and we live in a binary political system. And that's just the way that that goes. Uh, but when it comes to the head of the EPA, it is not Rick Perry. Uh, he's in charge of energy. Who is it? Andrew Wheeler. Andrew Wheeler, folks. So thank you for all the messages being like, it's not Rick Perry, Ben. It is Andrew Wheeler. And of course, Andrew Wheeler rolls off the tongue. And I should be doing a deep dive on him as well next week. Again, my brain is exactly as hard as a watermelon right now. Yeah, my brain uh, stopped working um, when I read the headline. Kevin Spacey accuser dies in midst what of sexual assault lawsuit. What honestly? What I know that's not really our that's not really our detail here on this political show. But what the hell happened to a, a Kevin Spacey's accuser? There are no details yet on the circumstances of his death. He underwooded this in motherfucker. A, a, in dude. a previous a previous person who a teenager who yeah. accused him in Massachusetts, um, the that was that court case was stopped because the teenager stopped cooperating. Well, that Suddenly. is actually a very interesting story that we could get into. Um, although I don't believe but, it's I mean, good I, for this show. Apparently, the teenager, he sort of recanted. 
Um, but there is a lot of weird things happening regarding the Kevin Spacey story. I have n- was it suicide with the accuser? No details. I imagine I imagine Kevin Spacey. It wasn't cancer. We know that. As, he, as soon as he heard that, though, he turned to camera and he said, "Sometimes the weasel gets the drop on the squirrel with the with the pecan pie in the Ex- windowsill." You know how he speaks because he doesn't. All he is way too attached to the Frank Underwood character. Um, All right, and just lastly here, and again, you know, we're not covering everything on this week's episode, but we're just kind of chilling out and hope you're enjoying it. And I always love speaking with you, my friends. Um, This is an interesting story out of the New York Times. It's by Jennifer Valentino, the Vries, and it is entitled Secret FBI Subpoenas Scoop Up Personal Data from Scores of Companies. Uh, So this is very interesting. Uh, It goes on to say the FBI has used secret subpoenas to obtain personal data from far more companies than previously disclosed. The FBI says this sort of data breach, this this collection of data, is critical to, quote, counterterrorism efforts, but it has raised a lot of privacy concerns. And uh, it has also really sort of sent a chill uh, down the back of Silicon Valley. So the demands can scoop up a variety of information. This is, of course, the FBI demanding. And when the FBI demands something, you tend to give it to them. Otherwise, they'll put you in the clink. They demand they can scoop up uh, a variety of information, including usernames, locations, IP addresses, and records of purchases. They don't require a judge's approval and usually come with a gag order, leaving them shrouded in secrecy fewer than 20 entities most of them tech companies have ever been revealed that they've received the subpoenas known as national security letters so we think about america we think about the patriot act we think about what they did what the government did after 9-11 to uh, encroach on our civil liberties and now this is just another example of the government prying into personal lives collecting data on us and inevitably using that data against the population. That's the only reason they wouldn't get this data. Obviously, there could be some good use when it comes to uh, prevention. Red flag laws and things like that are currently in place for a reason. Uh, But to me, this reeks of the Chinese social credit system on a much more secretive level. You can say what you want about the Chinese. I think the regime is horrible. Xi Jinping is an awful, awful dictator. And the people of China are suffering. They probably have more people incarcerated than we do. And they have uh, immense amount of religious bigotry and bias. And they're killing anyone uh, that isn't just for the state if they have religious beliefs. At least they let you know that they're spying. Yeah, I mean, I think... They put your damn face on a billboard so you know that they're watching The same way that that we, you know, we we owe a lot to Nazi science... Because of all the crazy experiments they did, I think our intelligence uh, agencies are probably very thankful to China for doing these uh, these experiments. They wish they had it. They these- wish that we. They wish that they could do it here. And actually, if you walk down Manhattan, you'll see all those cameras. It's all retina scans. It's all facial recognition. We do have it here. We're just slightly more secret about it. Yeah, but I, I imagine that uh, I, I imagine our intelligence ag- agencies above, you know their own allegiance to America, they are so happy that China ha- is sort of like producing these uh, these test what results. Have, what could have been. That is true. Yeah. The test results, yeah. So this is according, again, back to the article. Um, some of the um, companies that the FBI has been snooping on and scooping up data are Equifax. Of course, Equifax yes. had the massive breach That's right. where they released 
thousands. Was it was it millions? Yeah, of and people's personal. You, and data. there was like a class action uh, lawsuit where you, I think, everyone was getting like five or six dollars back. <laughs> oh, isn't that nice? Uh, so Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion received a large letter or large number rather of letters in the filing. So did financial institutions like Bank of America, Western Union, and even the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Everyone has declined to answer. Uh, what the what was said in the letters, and everyone has declined to say what data they gave to the government. Other companies included major cell providers like AT&T and Verizon, as well as tech giants like Google and Facebook, which have acknowledged receiving the letters. And this is a quote from Andrew Crocker, who is a lawyer uh, for the Electronic Frontier Foundation, a digital rights group. This is what he had to say. He said, we are not sure the FBI is taking its obligation under U.S. freedom seriously. He goes on to say, there is still a huge problem with permanent gag orders. So if you want to read the rest of this article, it's very interesting. It talks about the NSA. It talks about um, how we got here. Uh, The FBI began issuing national security letters in the 1980s and obviously, once again, greatly increased this after 9-11 under the guise of national security. So check out this article. Uh, That's basically just the little tip of the iceberg there. Um, But it is another good reminder for us to remember. Land of the free is just a catchphrase, and we need to start actually living up to it on a more regular basis. Absolutely. Um, all right, everyone. And I just want to... Uh, what do we in, got? We're in Berlin. Yeah, we are in Berlin. Um, we all- asked the Germans, by the way, during our live show, if they do like Scheiße, and the audience was strangely silent. Well, you know what? A lot of that audience <laughs> were not German. A lot of them were, uh, a lot of them were of British yeah, and yeah. Irish and uh, yeah, American. Lo- Honestly, thanks to everyone who came out and traveled. We Every single show, someone's like, I came in from... Botswana. It's like, thank you. <laughs> That's amazing. Thanks so much. Cool. Thanks for coming from Botswana. I don't. Uh, know. <laughs> um, so I yeah, well, let's let's you know we've been hearing all around us on the streets uh, in the hotel rooms. We've heard funky beats coming. Oh out. my god! I've I've, this, I've been jiggling my knees a little the bit. The way that the way that the Germans protest, every little organization had their own DJ. I kind of this is and it's amazing. I kind of like the rave music. What a musical musical city and country so let's end with one of with one of germany's uh most famous uh euro dance groups captain jack <laughs> honestly it's better than i expected it to be you have to move when you listen to rave music all right everyone thank you all so much for listening never forget hail yourselves we'll talk to you soon This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Get 20% off your first order at TommyJohn.com Pandora. Save 20% at TommyJohn.com Pandora. See site for details. Hey, Hotels.com here. Tired of living like a sardine? 
We know a hotel where you can enjoy the open ocean. Book hotels with ocean views in the Hotels.com app. Find your perfect somewhere.